This is the second and last episode explaining why China has already beaten the USA in a great power competition. If you are new, this channel is to help you understand why the rise of Asia, particularly China, is inevitable so that you can also seize the new opportunities. If you are interested to learn more, please subscribe and hit the bell button. Let's continue the discussion in the dimension of finance. Many people say that China is a state capitalist country. Why? Because China has always been like this in history. China's state financial system allows capital to flow to production. The Western financial system will let the capital flow to speculation. National capital will naturally suppress speculation. Why China's stock market is completely different from the US stock market and why China's stock market is not a barometer of economic operation, this is because China is the financial model of state capital. The Western financial system hates production and loves speculation, which is inherently counterproductive and speculative. At a micro level, Chinese families love saving. This is a miniature state capital financial model. Because saving means more production, production means more wealth, and more wealth means more children can be raised. China's financial thinking is actually rooted in culture. Productive financial thinking is just like growing crops, then buying more land, growing more food, building more houses, and having more children. This is why the Chinese are the most populous nation in the world. The boundary of international expansion is the boundary of an arable land area. If arable land is not enough, build terraces on the mountain. Productive financial thinking used in industry is to make more profits save money, then build more factories, produce more commodities, make more money, save again, and continue investment. The boundary of commodity expansion is to occupy the world's consumer market. The reason why China has become the factory of the world is because of this cultural instinct. With speculative financial thinking, there is no interest in producing. Look at the recent history of Europe. It is a history of financial speculative capitalists creating wars. These terrible speculative demons, in order to achieve high speculative returns, loves to buy war bonds. If it wins, then by dividing up the defeated country, the speculative capital can make a big profit. If you lose, the speculative capital will be lost. State capital is operating step by step, expanding outward, saving, more production, more market share, more saving, more production, and so on, until it occupies the whole world. As China expands, the global purchasing power will be saved by the Chinese. The logic in China is very simple. Just work honestly and earn all the money. So, American speculative capital is losing. Trump's tax cuts, interest rate drops are short-term measures. Trying to push up the purchasing power of Americans, in essence, it means more deficits, more debt, more bubbles, more countries abandoning the dollar. In other words, Trump has accelerated the demise of dollar hegemony. The outcome of the financial dispute between China and the United States has gradually become clearer and with a clear winner. Next, we came to a question that people are most concerned about. If the Americans lose again and again in industry, technology, and finance, will it take the risk step of going to war with China? 
Whether a full-scale war will break out between China and the United States depends on whether the military forces between China and the United States are out of balance. If the Chinese Navy is strong enough to fully control the Western Pacific and Indian Ocean, then China may take the initiative to squeeze out the U.S. military presence. If the U.S. military power can achieve explosive revolutionary development in the short term, the United States will take the initiative to provoke war. For example, the United States suddenly had 3 million troops, 200 aircraft carrier formations, and 10,000 eighth-generation aircraft. Is this possible? Obviously impossible. This is just a joke. After the disintegration of the Soviet Union in the past few decades, with no real opponent due to the loss of opponents, American military lost its direction. The biggest mistake is to focus the direction of the United States national defense strategy and low-level military development line of anti-terrorism security warfare like those in Afghanistan and Iraq. There was not enough preparation in the American military in preparing for an all-out war with the major powers. The United States has been busy working in the Middle East for more than a decade, while China focused on development at home. When the Americans realize, they suddenly find that it has no way to take on China anymore. In 2016, the United States once again sent two aircraft carriers to the South China Sea. Is China afraid? No one there took it seriously. On the contrary, Americans are rather scared. Therefore, the U.S. Defense Secretary said that sinking the U.S. aircraft carrier means to launching a nuclear war against the U.S. If he was not afraid, why did he say such a thing? Why do people bluff because they are afraid? That is to say, the United States has missed the period of strategic opportunity to fight an overall war with China and has also lost such war capabilities. The United States can even obtain air power to fight against China's offshore waters. Aircraft carrier formation is to scare small countries but is of little use to a big country like China and Russia. By the way, China's DF-26 missile has been called the carrier killer since 2015. When a big country fights a small country, it is like parents beating their children. But it is completely different for a big country to fight a big country. It embodies systematic confrontation. The most prominent contradiction between the systematic confrontation between China and the United States is that the United States cannot obtain air supremacy. But China can paralyze its military base. Air control is like kicking open the enemy's gate. Paralyzing the opposing military base means breaking the opponent's legs. Visually speaking, the United States cannot kick open the gate of China, but China can break its legs. The weapons used by the United States to penetrate are B-2 and F-22. However, the use of these two stealth fighters to penetrate China's shore-based air defense system is simply not possible. B-2, flying so slowly and so large, can't run away after being detected on radar. One ground-to-air missile will destroy B-2, which is worth billions of dollars. Looking at the Raptor F-22, this fighter was born for the Cold War against the Soviet Union, not for combat against China. Therefore, first of all, its combat scenes are wrong. Second, the combat radius is too small, only 700 kilometers. It's very difficult for US bases in Japan and South Korea to survive attacks by Chinese rockets. So F-22 can only be placed in Guam base. If it takes off from Guam to penetrate China, 
but Guam is too far away. Therefore, the United States dare not kick open China's gate by airstrikes. They can only study new tactical systems like anti-missile technology, but China is ahead of the United States in this technology. Representing the best technology of American anti-missile system is THAAD, also known as Terminal High Altitude Area Defense. Why did the United States deploy the THAAD anti-missile system in South Korea? Because it had to prevent China's medium-range ballistic missiles from hitting Japan and South Korea military bases. If the Chinese rockets cannot be blocked, the Japanese and South Korean bases simply cannot survive. Because of Chinese ballistic missiles technology and hypersonic penetration like the DF-17 missile, THAAD is actually useless. Since ballistic missile penetration is so powerful, why does the United States not use medium-range ballistic missiles to penetrate China? Because the United States does not have a medium-range ballistic missiles. To use ballistic missiles to penetrate China, it can only be achieved with intercontinental ballistic missiles. However, with intercontinental ballistic missiles, the other party will obviously judge that it is a nuclear attack and will immediately carry out nuclear retaliation, and the nuclear war will break out. Therefore, the United States cannot use ballistic missiles to penetrate China's air defense. More important than air control is the right to control information. The core of the modern war data link is the satellite. So the key to controlling the right to information is anti-satellite technology. In this aspect of technology, China also leads the United States. Many people who do not understand military affairs when it comes to analyzing the war between China and the United States, they think of the scene of fighting Iraq in the United States. This is all wrong. Great powers are not that kind of play at all. At present, the commanding heights of the confrontation between the arms race system of the great powers are anti-missile, anti-satellite, space warfare, ultra-high-speed aircraft, and long-range supersonic stealth strategic bombers. Only China and the United States are qualified to be opponents and represent the direction of future war, science, and technology. How to defend against China's rocket army? How to defend against China's anti-satellite technology? How to defend against China's strategic stealth bombers to be launched by 2020? And how to defend against China's hypersonic missile like DF-17? The United States has no answer, so Trump is very anxious. He wants to reverse the US military defense to the right track of the overall war of the great powers. He wants to develop the sixth generation aircraft. He wants to resume the production of F-22. He wants to develop a continental sized army. He wants to engage in the nuclear arms race. He wants to discard F-35. Why did Trump abandon F-35? Because F-35, the product of the military idea of air to ground war, like the war against Iraq and is useless against China. When there is no air supremacy, what can F-35 attack? It gets shot down as soon as it flies over. To start an arms race with China, Trump wants everything. But the question is, where does the money come from? Nowhere. Without money, the United States wants to develop a balance of power strategy against China. 
It means that they already believe in their hearts that the United States cannot deal with China anymore and want other countries to deal with China together. But which big nation dares to follow the U.S. strategy of balance of power against China? No one. To sum up, the United States cannot defeat China, cannot engage in arms race with China, does have money like China, and cannot organize an anti-China alliance. Therefore, the military battle between China and the United States is over. Finally, the cultural dimension remains. Let's analyze the cultural dimension of the Sino-American struggle. The universal culture and global values that we see today is a mixture of Protestant ethics and enlightenment. Western Protestant ethics and enlightenment thoughts also originated from the incubation of Eastern civilization. There is no reason for China to feel in fear in culture, and there is no reason to be culturally unconfident. There is no lack of spiritual thought and theoretical materials for establishing a universal culture for the world. With all five dimensions completed, China can achieve the goal of global influence in Chinese culture. But this great cost may require the struggle of one generation to two generations to complete. From the above discussion, it can be seen that no matter in terms of industry, technology, finance, military, and culture, the Sino-US dispute has a clear winner. That is why we set up this channel to help you seize the opportunities of a rising China. Creating original content is hard work. Your support is what keeps me going. Please like and share this video and leave your comments below. You can also donate to this channel by clicking the link in the description below. Thank you.